Hello there, and welcome to the next episode of What You May Have Miffed. We are edging ever closer to the finale of this series, and I'll let you into a little secret. Like last series, it's a two-parter. Hmm, what could it be? Well, I'm not going to tell you just yet. I will tell you, though, that this week we are returning to somewhere we have visited before, in our very first episode, in fact. Yes, this week we are returning to Norse mythology. mythology. When we first explored these tales, we explored the creation of the Nine Realms out of Gnungagap. Today, we are going to delve into a tale that takes place a long time after that creation, after Odin, the Allfather, had started his own family. This story revolves around his son, Thor, Thor's servant, Thialfi, and Loki, and their adventures in Jotunheim. Those of you who remember episode one will know that Jotunheim is the land of the giants. So, two gods, a servant, and the land of the giants. What could possibly go wrong? Thor's visit to Jotunheim. One day, the god Thor, the god of thunder and lightning, the cunning god Loki, and Thor's servant Thialfi, set out on a journey to Utgard, a vast fortress in Jotunheim. Of the three men, Thialfi was by far the fastest on foot, and so he carried Thor's bag containing all their supplies. At nightfall, they found themselves in a great forest, and so they searched for a safe place where they could sleep. After much searching, they eventually found a great hall that had such a vast entrance that it took up the entire width of the building. Weary, they laid down to sleep, but no sooner than their snores had started to sound, they were abruptly shaken awake by an earthquake that shook the entire building and surrounding forest. Thor directed his two companions into a chamber off the side of the hall for safety. Thialfi and Loki ran in behind Thor, who stayed at the door, his hammer Mjolnir in hand, ready to defend them from whatever might come forth. But nothing came. Instead, a loud groaning could be heard during the rest of the night, and it wasn't until daybreak that Thor poked his nose out of the hall to find out what was causing the racket. Lying in front of their hall, fast asleep, was an enormous, snoring giant. For a change, Thor was too scared to use his hammer to wake the giant, so instead he waited for it to wake naturally before asking, Who are you? My name is Skrymir, said the giant, but I need not ask who you are. You are Thor. But what on earth are you doing with my glove? It was then that Thor realised that what they had initially taken to be a great hall 
was actually the glove of the giant, Skrymir, and the chamber that Loki and Thialfi were still hiding in was the thumb. Where are you headed, Thor? Towards Utgard Fortress, replied the god. Really? I am heading in that direction. Not to the fortress, but it is on my way. After coaxing Thialfi and Loki out, Skrymir suggested that they travel together, and after a hearty breakfast, the giant packed his bag of provisions and they set off. Skrymir's steps were so large, though, that the three had difficulty following him. The whole day they travelled until dusk, when Skrymir found a spot under a large oak tree. I'm off to sleep, but eat what you like from my bag. Skrymir fell asleep very quickly and started to snore. Not a gentle snore, like a purring cat, but a loud and violent snore, like an elephant. When Thor tried to open the bag to fish out some food, he found the giant had tied it up so tight he could not, for the life of him, untie it. Every time he attempted, the knot became tighter and tighter. Remember, this is Thor, and he's supposed to be obscenely strong. Finally, Thor became angry and brought Mjolnir hammering down onto the giant's head. Skrymir's eyes fluttered, and he woke. Did something land on me? I felt something. A leaf, maybe. You chaps eaten yet? Astounded and rather worried that he had caused so little damage to the giant, Thor replied, Um, we were just off to sleep. Skrymir rolled over and fell back to sleep. Thor tromped over to a nearby tree and tried to sleep, but to no avail. The giant's snores were so loud that hearing one's own thoughts was impossible, let alone sleep. It was too much for Thor, and he swung his mighty hammer again on the slumbering giant's head so hard that he made a dent in its skull. Skrymir jumped awake this time. Ah, is there a bird in that tree? I think he's just dropped a poo on me. He wiped his head, but there was nothing there. Hmm, must just be my imagination. You okay, Thor? he asked. Um, yes, I heard you wake and thought something was wrong, Thor lied, and he hastily returned to his tree. But once again, Skrymir's snores filled the nearby area so much that the ground shook, the trees quaked, and branches fell. This angered Thor still more, and despite his failed earlier attempts, he summoned all his strength and smote a blow so powerful on the giant's head that Mjolnir sank all the way up to the handle into Skrymir's skull. Once again, Skrymir woke. Oof, must have been an acorn. It is getting round to that time of season, I suppose. You awake, lightning boy? You should probably be off. It's not that far to Utgard. You will find that there are giants much taller and wider than me there, but I have some counsel for you when you get there. The followers of Utgard Loki won't tolerate the boastings of small men such as yourselves. Just a word of advice. Anyway, you must head east, whereas my journey from here is north. Farewell. Skrymir swung his bag over his shoulder and turned north, and Thor, Loki and Thialfi headed east. A quick side note, you may have noticed that Loki, 
and Utgard-Loki have very similar names. Utgard-Loki translates quite simply to Loki of the Outlands. This distinguishes him from the god, so despite the name similarity, they are indeed two separate beings. Thor and his companions continued, and by midday they were in the middle of a plain when they saw the city they were looking for. It was so vast that they had to bend their heads back as far as they could just to grasp a view of the top. Such are the buildings of giants. Through the great gates they were welcomed, and on passing through them they caught sight of the mighty palace. Its wide doors were open, and they entered to find many enormous men sitting on benches that rang the length of the hall. Down the hall they trod, until they came before the king, Utgard Loki, whom they saluted with great respect. The king looked down on them with a smile, and said, If my eyes do not mistake me, that tiny fellow over there must be the god Thor. A god, but still tiny. Yet still you are more than you appear to be. What feats are you and your companions so skilled in that you are deemed better than any other man? To remain in my hall, you must demonstrate something at which you are better than any man that lives. I've got this, said Loki, stepping forward. Well, it so happens that I am able to eat quicker than anyone else. It's a peculiar skill, I grant you, yet a skill nonetheless. I'm ready to challenge anyone here to prove me wrong. Utgard Loki laughed, a deep, fruity laugh. <laughs> My goodness, that's one hell of a claim. If you can indeed eat as fast as you claim, it shall be tested at once. He then called forward one of his men, whose name was Loggi, to test his skill against Loki. Loggi was, well, I think behemoth would be an appropriate word here. And Loki was, well, he was Loki. He looked just like you or I. A trough was filled with meat set on the hall floor. Loki placed himself at one end and Loggi at the other, and each of them began to eat as fast as he could until they met in the middle of the trough. However, Loki had only eaten the flesh, whilst Loggi had devoured both flesh and bone as well as the trough itself. All the company therefore adjudged that Loki had been beaten. Utgard Loki then turned to Thialfi and asked what feat the young man could perform. Thialfi answered that he would run a race with anyone who thought they were quicker. The king observed that skill in running was something to boast of, but if the youth could win the race, then he must indeed display prodigious skill. He then arose and went outside the city to the great plain, where the ground was good for running. He called a young giant named Hugi forward, and ordered him to race Thialfi. In the first race, Hugi ran so fast that he turned round at the finishing line and ran back to Thialfi, who was still quite near the start line. They ran two more races, and the results were the same. Hugi was impossibly quick. Back in the hall, Utgard-Loki turned to Thor. Well, what incredible feat can you show us, little Thor? 
You're famous the world over, but what will you do to prove your worth? I challenge anyone to a drinking match, roared Thor. Laughing, Utgard-Loki called forward his cup-bearer, who carried in a horn. It was a large horn that his followers had to drink from when they trespassed in any way against the law. The cup-bearer passed the cup to Thor, and Utgard-Loki said, Whoever claims to be a good drinker can empty that horn in a single draught. Most men make two of it, but even the most pathetic drinker can do it in three. Thor looked at the thorn, which seemed of no extraordinary size, though somewhat longer than usual. However, as he was very thirsty, he set it to his lips, and without drawing breath, pulled as long and as deeply as he could, convinced that he would not need to pull a second draught. But when he set the horn down and looked in, he could scarcely believe his eyes. The horn was almost as full as when he had started. After taking a deep, deep breath, Thor set to again with all his might. But again, when he took the horn from his mouth, it appeared that he had drunk even less than before. Utgard-Loki laughed again. <laughs> What's this? If you mean to empty the horn, you must pull especially deeply. If you fail, then you cannot be deemed mightier than any other man who has drunk from that horn. The giants all around the hall laughed with their king. As we have already seen, Thor can get quite angry, and angry is what he was now. For the third time he put the horn to his lips and drank so incredibly deeply, but for the third time the drink was only a tiny way off the top of the horn. He thrust the horn back into the cupbearer's hands. I see, said Utgard Loki, that you are not quite as plucky as you thought, but I have another challenge for you to attempt, as you are still the son of Odin. Do you accept? Seething, Thor replied, What is this new challenge? There is a game here that only the children play. They must lift my cat from the ground. Surely this is something that you can do easily, mighty Thor. As he spoke, a large grey cat meandered into the hall. Thor put his hand under the cat's belly and pulled, but the cat wouldn't move. He pulled again, but the cat, bending his back, withstood Thor's attempt and lifted only one foot from the ground. The other three remained firmly planted on the hall's floor. After this attempt, Thor gave up, making him even more livid. Just as I expected, sneered Utgard-Loki. The cat may be large, but still the mighty Thor can lift nothing but one leg from the ground. No, not mighty Thor. Puny Thor! And he and his court laughed again. Little as you call me, Thor bellowed, let me see who among you will come forward and wrestle with me. There is no one here who would wrestle with you. To fight someone so small and weak is beneath them. But my elderly nurse, Ellie, will fight you. 
She is a good fighter, and has thrown men like you to the ground many times before. A toothless old woman then entered the hall, and was told by Utgard Loki to take hold of Thor. The fight did not last long. The more Thor tightened his hold on the crone, the firmer she stood. Quite quickly, Thor began to lose his footing and was finally brought down upon one knee. Utgard Loki then called a stop to the fight, crying out between laughs that Thor was clearly not worthy to ask anyone else in the hall to wrestle with him, and it was also getting late. Kindly, he showed Thor and his companions to their seats, and they passed the night there in good cheer. The following morning, Thor, Loki and Thialfi prepared to leave the city of Utgard. Utgard-Loki ordered a fine table filled with excellent food to be laid out for them, and after they had eaten their fill, the king himself accompanied them to the gates of the city. "'I must admit,' said Thor, "'I have brought great embarrassment to myself, but what worries me most is that you will forever call me a person of little strength or worth.' "'Ah, my dear Thor,' replied the king, patting Thor on the shoulder. "'I think, now that we are out of the palace and the city, I told you the truth. "'If, in all honesty, I had come face to face with you, "'your strength would have utterly beaten me, "'and actually caused me a great deal of embarrassment. "'I admit, you have, all three, been deceived by my illusions.' Firstly, Skrymir is no real giant. It was me. I tied the bag so tightly that you could not gain entry to get food out of it. Then you used your hammer to strike my head. The first of these blows, despite being the weakest of the three, would have ended my life instantly, so strong it was. But before your blow fell, I moved aside, and your blows landed on the mountains. If you go back to that place, you will find three new glens you created with Mjolnir. I used similar such illusions during the contests in my hall. When Loki claimed he could eat faster than anyone alive, I brought Loggy forward. But in truth, Loggy is no more than just simple fire, hence why he consumed not just the meat, but the flesh and the trough as well. Fialfi thought he was racing against Hugi but in reality it was actually thought. Who, after all, can outrun the speed of thought? When you said you could drink more than anyone alive, I gave you the horn to empty. Another illusion. The bottom of the horn reached all the way to the sea, and when you ceased your drinking, it was not just the horn you had emptied, but the ocean as well. Next came the challenge of the cat. Well, my goodness, when you managed to lift just his paw from the ground, all of us giants were utterly terrified, though we did not show it. The creature wasn't a cat. It was, in fact, the Midgard Serpent, the great serpent that encircles the entire earth. He was so stretched by your pulling that he could barely encompass the earth between his head and tail. But I will tell you this, the final challenge, the wrestling match with Ellie, was your most astonishing accomplishment. Yes, you guessed it. Ellie was not real, but the embodiment of old age. You see, you are not little Thor, as I called you. 
but you are mighty, son of Odin. But now we must part. Everyone in the hall knows of what went down, but they are loyal to me and will champion the story of you and your friend's failure to beat my challenges. It would do well for both of us that you never come this way again. If you do, I shall beat you with my illusions again, and all you will lose is time. You will not gain fame by beating me in a challenge. At these words, Thor's rage exploded, and he swung Mjolnir around to strike Utgard Loki. But the giant, and indeed the city, had vanished into thin air, and Thor found himself standing on the great green plain, with only Loki and Thialfi at his side. Well, that was unequivocal, said Loki. Well, there we go. Another bout of entertainment from the wonderful world of Norse mythology. What did you make of it? Trixie giants and befuddled gods are always an excellent combo for a story, if you ask me. We are now only three episodes away from the end of this series. I know! I don't know about you, but to me the last seven weeks have gone by a bit too quick for comfort. Anyway, if you have any questions regarding today's legend, any tales from the series or just anything myth-related, please do get in touch either via email on themythspodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter on at mythedpodcast, Instagram at whatyoumayhavemythed, or on the TikTok at whatyoumayhavemythed. And if you're feeling generous, you could even buy me a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash themythspodcast, which would be very kind of you and deeply appreciated. Next week, we are venturing to our fifth and final new country of the series, so I shall see you then for another episode of What You May Have Mythed.